0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: All right, and we are back. As you can see, the vibe is different, but it's still the same because I'm here and this is an amazing podcast about Finding Your Niche with Nisha. I, um, I am your lovely host, Nisha. And with me today is somebody I'm super excited to talk about his niche, uh, Mr. Riyadh Jones.
2: In the building. What's going on? Welcome niche?
1: to the show. Okay. So I feel like we have something in common because when I think about you and I think about your brand and I think mm-hmm. about your niche, okay. um, I would describe you as a traditional non-traditionalist.
2: Okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's, okay? that's, that's, facts. So, that's facts.
1: So you're really my first guest to actually come on today to talk about you know, somewhat finding your niche in ministry,
3: mm-hmm. so kinda, to speak. <laughs> kind of, right?
1: <laughs> um, in a very interesting way. You're really making the Christian experience different. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm so excited to have you on. Um, first of all, let's talk about the, the the thing that I really, really want to speak to you about. We'll get to the other stuff in, in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, your mission is the commission. You yes,
2: say. yes. My mission is the commission. And you uh, spoke before, but two years ago, during... The pandemic 2020. I get this random idea. I'm watching a pastor, maybe T.D. Jakes or Michael Todd or somebody. I'm watching this pastor, and smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. So it's no, he's talking to a camera, and I'm like, I'm talking to my wife. Sit. I'm like, babe. This is crazy. It's like every pastor is doing like webinars now. Nobody has people in the churches anymore. It's empty and it's just completely different. Mm-hmm. And I just heard the voice of God speak to me and say, "Yo, this is what you've been doing this whole time. I've been preparing you, but now it's time to take it to a whole nother level." And then I, the next day, I just hear this commission. And I open up my Bible and I find the Great Commission. I call my pastor. I'm like, "Yo, I got this idea. Like, I don't know what to do with it, but this is what I got." And I just thought it would be the a cool way. Um, to, again, innovate the Christian experience because mm-hmm. I feel like during the pandemic everything shifted and we will be uh, finite, small thinkers to believe that the church is not going to have a shift as well. The financial industry had a shift. Uh, the music industry had a shift. Social media, the entrepreneurship industry mm-hmm. had a shift. The school industry had a, a shift. Yeah. So who we uh, be to think that church culture would have a shift sure. you know because of that and i think that um because of people like maverick city music and michael Todd, is so many yeah. new ways of revival gonna take place sure. in your community and i think that the real things that god wants to do it's not just going to happen in the church. It's going to happen in the streets. It's going to happen with the millennial culture. And that continues to push the pendulum forward of what God wants to do on the earth.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I love that because really kind of like the foundation of finding your niche comes from also, stems from my walk with Christ, you yeah. know, my walk with God, and being in alignment with knowing your calling, knowing your purpose. And really mm-hmm. this this podcast is supposed to kind of echo that sentiment yeah. that you have a purpose, that you have a calling, essentially, that you have a niche. Mm-hmm. And so I like that. that you're on today because I want to kind of explore and unpack the idea of being able to kind of like figure out your calling mm-hmm. through the uh, practice of being able to hear from God. Yeah. So for people who may be new to the Christian experience or have been a Christian, but don't really know how to do uh, yes. Christian-,
4: <laughs> <laughs> the stuff. Christian stuff.
1: <laughs> so, so I want to ask you, how do you hear from God?
2: Yeah. So um, funny. So before I answer, that, I'll give you how my walk with God started. OK, so. Um, 2013, I had this freak accident. I tear my calf muscle. I had a blood clot that came from it. And I I went to the doctor the next day, and they told me that if they would have put this uh, treatment on my leg that I was trying to get, then I would have died immediately. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, wow, that was... Because the night before I go to the hospital, I'm begging the trainer to put this stuff on my leg because my leg was killing me. And he was rushing to get a biter and he saved my life without even knowing it. We go to the doctor the next day. He was like, yeah, you got a blood clot the size of a golf ball in your leg. And if he would have put the, the boot on your leg, because it was going to squeeze the pressure and it would have oh. squeezed the blood clot and caused it to break off and travel to my heart immediately. And it was at that moment where I realized like, yo, I'm supposed to be here for some type of reason because any other time they give me what I asked for in terms of helping me get better. But it was that particular night where they didn't. And so going Mm -hmm. through that process of healing my leg, and um, that's when I started to really figure out who God was for myself. Because I had been away from my hometown, I'm in Tennessee, I'm somewhere where I don't have a church home, I don't have any of that. And so it was that encounter uh, that led me to wanting to pick up my Bible to figure out who God was, because I had to figure out why did he keep me here? Right. Like, why am I still here? Why did he not put that on my leg? And I died Mm -hmm. immediately. Mm -hmm. I knew it was something, and so that led the process of me Figuring out who God was for myself, not what my mom taught me, not what I heard in church growing up, but for myself. And um, that was back in 2013. And so here we are in 2022, almost 10 years. It's been a beautiful journey, a beautiful walk with God. And I think that you hear from God, number one, by being in his word. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perfect way, number one, especially when somebody's new, because you don't really know what the voice of God sounds like. Right. When you're new, even though you do know because he was speaking to you in eternity and then he pierced you into time. So you heard it before. Yeah. But you don't really know it until you start getting back into that word. Yeah,
1: I, I like that what you're saying, because for some for some people who are new in their walk of Christ and they're new and they're new in the Christian faith, um, God seems like this big grandiose idea. Yeah. And so people are literally sometimes like, is that God are you trying to hear? Mm-hmm. But the easiest way to in- instantly be able to connect with God in is, is in his word. His okay. Word. So with that being said, is there something um, in particular that you would say is your favorite scripture that you kind of live by? That's like your yeah. will be your motto, so to speak.
2: So um, my favorite scripture would be all things are possible to those that believe. Without a doubt, because I think that's what, I think that's what the Christian faith hinges on, like believing in Jesus, believing in Christ. And when you put your faith in him, then because he died on the cross for us, then there's nothing that you can ask for that God won't do because you ask in his name. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my go-to scripture. But then my favorite book of the Bible is the book of John. John and Romans, for two particular reasons. Romans for me. Yeah, Romans is the truth. Romans is lit. Like Paul just (laughs) broke everything down about the Christian life. Like how you, like the conduct of a Christian (laughs) You want to find it? Just go to Romans, and then when you look in the book of John, you start to see the divinity and the humanity of Jesus at one time. Like the way that John crafted that particular book to show both sides of Jesus, but to truly show that he is the son of God, without a doubt. After reading the book of John, there's no question that Jesus is the son of God and um so those two books are my favorite in the bible for sure with all things i possibly those that to believe being my favorite scripture
1: yeah and, and the really cool thing about scripture is it kind of gives you the blueprint right for how you're yeah. supposed to live how you're supposed to walk mm-hmm. um and especially if you consider yourself to be a christian it's kind of like this is the way that you're supposed to go out into the world yeah and so with that being said though you are super talented you do a lot of different things you take care of your body uh you do turo you do all these things but mm-hmm. specifically for like finding your niche with niche what is it that makes you want to be so intentional about being specifically in ministry and being a witness
2: yeah so for me it's because i know what god has done for me and i would be so selfish to not share his love and his glory with others and i believe that when people look at somebody like myself and they see well he's super cool he's like he's down to earth he's cool but man he really loves god Mm -hmm. and i think that's missing in culture a lot of people believe that uh, you can't love God and still be a part of culture, and I believe when we talk, when we first talked about the commission, that's what the goal was, to bridge this gap between Christ and culture, because people believe, like, okay, if I'm over here, then the church is over here, but that's not Christ, though. The yeah. church is here, and so the church gives these rules that, that you really won't even find in scripture. You feel <laughs> what I'm saying? You don't even find some of these rules in scripture, and so they put this gap where you can't be who you are and still be a part of the church, but in Christ you can still be yourself, Yeah, you know, and so for me, I think I represent somebody who understands the word for myself so I can show that in my life through my actions the way that I live my life, and our lives are some, it's the only Bible that some people will ever read, and so mm. I feel like if I put my life on display, for I heard an analogy one time, and it was went like this Okay. Anytime you walk inside the mall, we notice that Louis Vuitton has these mannequins, and uh, these different stores have mannequins with the best clothes on the mannequins. Mm-hmm. They put the best clothes on the manne- mannequin and put the mannequins on display. God does us the same exact way. He puts us on display in order for people to walk by and see our lives, and then they want to come in and figure out, oh, what does this God person have for me?
1: Okay. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Same way walking the store. We see the, the jacket or the shirt, like, oh, let me let me now go into the store because you saw something. Mm-hmm. And so when people see me, they see something, and it makes them want to figure out, okay. He be talking about God a lot. He be talking about this Jesus stuff a lot. Let me tap in and learn for myself. You feel what I'm saying? And I think that's when somebody goes to the next level when it goes from, I heard about God to now I know him intimately Mm -hmm. for myself.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit because I love that analogy because it also deals with like two things. It deals with self-reflection and it deals with the ability to resonate. Yeah. And so with you being on the platform uh, with the commission You're obviously kind of like the face of the brand um, Mm -hmm. and the face face of the ministry. What has kind of been the response to people as they kind of seen you walk out this thing where you've kind of made Christianity and you've kind of made the Christian experience part of an entanglement, but like you've been able to kind of like engrave it into the culture.
2: Yeah, and that's one of the first things my pastor ever told me, um, he he would always listen to all of my daily de- or watch my daily deposits on Instagram. He would kind of watch me move and listen to some of my calls and stuff. And one day we was having lunch and he said, the way that you seamlessly integrate Christ into everything that you do is mm-hmm. beautiful. But I never realized what I was doing. I was just like just living my life and just over the course of time, I start to realize like what I was actually doing and what God has more so called me to do. And the response has been amazing. And here's why it's so good for me is because i was scared of it i mm-hmm. didn't want to go into it and the cave that you fear the most holds the treasure that you seek
1: gotcha. and so
2: purpose hold was, on i don't
1: want i don't want to bypass that say that one more time yeah
2: the cave that you're scared to go into holds the treasure that you seek. because mm-hmm. my whole entire life i used to wonder like man what is it that i'm really supposed to be doing i know what i, I know what i want i have all these goals and I have things that i want to do but i was scared to go walking to the call that god has had for me yeah. and it wasn't until so i started walking into the call where doors that i could have never opened up before myself just began to open because i was being obedient and that's what the christian life the following the way is about it's about your obedience it's not so much about you know people get this thing wrapped up into like you know conduct mm-hmm. and all that stuff is important but god cares about our heart more than he does our habits that's true and if he can get our heart here change our habits and so For me, as I continue to give God my heart on deeper levels, letting him break me down to my most humble state, Mm -hmm. to get rid of all things that weren't pure, weren't like him, he was going to do this work in me, where now I feel comfortable going forth giving his word because I'm secure in my relationship with him.
1: Yeah. And I like that you're speaking about caves because nobody wants to talk about the caves. Nobody wants to talk Aww. about. Like,
2: <laughs> nobody want to go in the caves, yo. I'm staying outside. <laughs> right. Figure it nobody out.
1: even <laughs> wants to even be vulnerable enough to kind of like use yeah. their te- you know their testimony. It's, it's um, so vitally important as part of something that is, as part of their message. And so, mm-hmm. can you kind of talk about how you've been able to navigate being vulnerable with simultaneously kind of like. Teaching God's word, mm-hmm. but using your own story to kind of yeah, do it.
2: and I think that's I think that's what affects people the most—the mm-hmm. transparency, the vulnerability—because they can connect what I'm talking about to a story that I gave them about my own personal life and how I, yeah. how I overcame it. Because it's one thing. To go to church, and I always tell people yeah. the commission. I don't want this to even give you the idea or the concept of if you're at church because you go to church, you just get riled up, you get feel inspired, yeah. but you don't Off get. On camera, the... <laughs> he didn't even
1: he didn't even like me calling and saying, "Are you preaching, y'all?"
2: Yeah. <laughs> in right? yeah, fact, I'm, I'm like, Yo, don't even say that because again, <laughs> like for me, when God gave me the call, it wasn't that I wanted to do it my own way, but I wanted to do it in a way where I could attract people in the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why the church has failed to really attract people in culture is because the church is like they're like up here right. and the culture's down, down here you yeah. feel what i'm saying yeah, sure. but me it's like when i look at paul in the bible or i look at jesus they were smack dab in the middle of culture mm-hmm. eating right. with the sinners healing the sinners mm-hmm. working directly with the people who didn't know apostle paul was called to people who had no relationship with yeah. god in terms of the gentiles and so for me it was like how can I merge who I am mm-hmm. in Christ directly into culture? And I
1: think the thing that's so interesting is that people really want to know God very badly.
2: they That's the beautiful part. <laughs> like, it's like I, you would be People surprised. have this desire, but they don't have a desire for church, though.
1: Exactly. But
2: they have a desire to know God on a exactly. more intimate level. I ran across yeah. this article two days ago, and it was like 2 in the morning. I'm up praying. I'm talking to God about just my calls and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and he led me to Google. I go on Google, he had me type in millennials and church. So I typed in millennials and church, just I didn't know what was gonna pop up. The stats that popped up just blew me away. It was like 60% of millennials that grew up in church no longer want to be affiliated with the church. Bro, it's so many religions today,
1: like.
2: Bro, it's wow. (laughs) I was just like, it's It's sad. it's sad and it's because, and as I was looking at the reasons why, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like some people, like they don't, the condemnation that comes with, oh, mm-hmm. you do this, you do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't wear your pants like this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. It's yes. all of these rules when following the way, following Jesus is about relationship. It's not so much about rules because mm-hmm. he gives us grace. And if you try to keep one rule, one law, you got to yeah. try to keep every single one. That's true. And if you fall short, now you feel so condemned, but in Jesus, there is no condemnation, there is grace. Mm-hmm. And so that's the message that I want to get people to understand because as a millennial, or as a person in general we all have shortcomings we all have places that we we missed the mark and so to know that you can still come to god be your true self be your yep. authentic self because i've had moments where i felt so condemned i didn't want to pray i'm like i don't even deserve to go and
3: yeah. i can't even talk to today. you know what
2: i'm yeah. saying like i don't even deserve to listen to worship music like i'm yeah. just such a bad person but that's the enemy condemning you trying to get you to not go into the presence of god keep yeah. you away from him and so now you continue this cycle of sinning and doing negativity when all God mm-hmm. wanted you to do is just come back to him because he'll always meet you halfway.
1: Yeah, and I think it's the thing with like <laughs> the Christian space is like there's always this kind of juxtaposition of like two ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of walk a very tight line. Yeah. And so when I think of kind of you kinda of right now, talk about condemnation and understanding, I guess this will come with like the ability to be closer to God, you'll be able to kind of discern. Mm-hmm. But condemnation and the, the, on the other side of that being conviction, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and so kind of like how do you navigate those two things and how do you know when which is which?
2: Yeah. So anytime con- condemnation is more so a feeling of like negativity, <laughs> like you're wrong, like you're, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Or I told you and it's the enemy in your ear 24 mm-hmm. seven making you just feel worse. The conviction feeling is like you're better than that. Mm -hmm. you you know better than that it's a different tone that you feel and again my sheep know my voice Mm -hmm. and so when you know the voice of God you know you also know the voice of the enemy you can identify which one is which and so when I've had some of my lowest moments I could easily discern which one was which like which voice was telling me x y and z Mm -hmm. you know and I think that as people become more mature spiritually Mm-hmm. they can easily discern that conviction or that condemn- condemnation feeling because it's a very thin line. It's a very thin line, but that's why you have to be spiritually yeah. in tune. You have to be in your words to know because the enemy, he comes as an angel of light.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: He had come it may say this may sound it may yeah, sound he's like seductive God.
1: and he's clever yeah he's and so
2: clever it's so
1: man yeah it's tricky that's that's like a whole <laughs> like <well> another episode <laughs> but i do want to ask because when we talk about these ideas and we talk about people missing the mark and mm-hmm. the things that they need to work on when you're h- holding these classes and you're holding what, what would you consider them classes or bible studies when you're doing the <sighs> yeah, commission yeah you can call them
2: bible studies okay, in we'll a sense. Bible i don't studies. know what i still haven't <laughs> gotten a term people ask me i don't know yet like because it's I just don't want it to look like what people are accustomed mm-hmm. to. And that's the thing. I want it to seem yeah. so, I don't even want them to think it's church. I don't right. want them to think it's like, just, this is fine. That's, right. This is dope. I love this. Like Whatever this, this, is, this, 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 whatever this yeah, is going yeah, on, yeah. I love
1: it. Right. You know? this is it. But, my, but my question <laughs> that I want to ask you pertaining to that is, what is it that you find to be kind of like a universal area that people need work on?
2: Ah, uh, Yeah, that's a really good one. I think the biggest area, so, so far we've done a lot of different topics, but I think the topics that people struggle with the most is process in terms of, because a lot of people, everybody has a dream, Mm -hmm. right? But what everybody doesn't foresee when they have their dream is the drama that comes with the dream leading towards the destination. And so I think the Christian faith- Well, what do you
1: mean by that? Like, give me a, give me like a practical example. I, I got
2: you. So, so somebody- like that's starting out in any business. It starts off or in anything that takes faith, okay. right? It starts off as this is what I want to do, this is what it is, okay. but then what they don't foresee is everything that comes with it, right, the, the process, process part okay, of it, right? Gotcha. And so the Christian faith is, or the Christian walk is more so I have this here, but this is what I see over there. How do I get from here to there and endure everything that comes with in it in terms of everything that God has to work out of me as I'm to going that. to get to it? And I think that's the challenge that many people struggle with the most because they don't know why they're going through what they're going through. Mm-hmm. They don't look for God in these moments. And so. The commission for a lot of people we have over 400 members in the commission now and so for a lot of people
1: was awesome. when we do
2: calls or we do topic senator i did a, a, a series called weight training okay and when people hear weight training they automatically think of like lifting weights Fitness, yep but the weight training was w-a-i-t like l- learning, how god, okay. learning how to wait on god learning how to wait on uh instructions from god because people don't understand that when you do something out of the timing of God. <laughs> and I just
1: gotta say because y- you're talking to millennials. Yeah. and
2: We don't like to wait on anything. It's the
1: microwave generation. Some, it, it, so for it, this, you to kind of give them that ideology <laughs> and my... that principle. <laughs> whoa. whoa.
2: <laughs> this is my whole point. Like knowing how to wait on yeah, God because that's... as a millennial we're always moving. We're looking for the always. next thing. We see social media. Everybody's moving fast. But like, God, you still got me here. Mm-hmm. How do I navigate here? Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, again, with church, we get, we go to a sermon, we hear a sermon on Sunday, we hear a message and we feel lit. But there's no practicality yeah. in it that shows us how to live our life and how to navigate through the mess in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 all this drama that's happening mm-hmm. on the way to my dream. And when people can look at, get on a commission and we can go through and look at the life of Joseph or we can look at the life of Moses or anybody that had to like stand this period of waiting or Abraham Mm -hmm. and I give them practical points about what they did and how we can practically apply it to their to our lives yeah that's what people benefit from the most because everybody at this point in our life most people we know about don't do this don't do this this and this but how do I practically apply this stuff in my life so I can live out Christ's life because it's not even mm. my life; it's Christ's life. So how do I practically apply what I'm learning on on the on these from these messages to my life? Yeah. And I think that's been a vital part of the commission growing and people getting, uh, been getting benefited from it because of the practicality yeah. standpoint. Because I know how it is to hear something, but right. What's next? And, and I
1: th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I think I, I think that's the hard part, and that's kind of where the disconnect is. Is you get you hear a really good sermon. And it's, it really does something to you to the point where you're like excited about what you learn, Mm -hmm. but you don't really know how to make it applicable to your daily life. Exactly. And so I'm so glad that you do that. Like on the call is kind of teach people that with that being said, though, with you being, and I know your wife, she, she speaks on there as well Mm -hmm. too. And so with both of you guys, like what kind of responsibility do you feel like you have? It's heavy.
2: The responsibility is heavy. And my pastor told me when I first started, he said, um you doing this in network marketing was cool. Like you're doing it in the space of business, you can Mm -hmm. merge it into business, it's cool. The enemy not too mad about that. But when you bring it to the space of, it's strictly about Jesus and winning souls for the kingdom, it's a much greater responsibility. Not only do you have to understand what you're talking about, that's one thing, but you also have to be prepared for all of the spiritual warfare and spiritual battles that come with it, that come against your family. Um, anytime you're attempting to move any, anything in faith, you're gonna be met with opposition. Anytime the offense got the ball, the defense always gonna be right there. But when you know and recognize that you're one of God's chosen, one of his called, the enemy also knows that. Sometimes the enemy has more faith in our dreams than we do. And that's why he attacks us so much because he knows what we don't even halfway <laughs> exactly. understand and so most people I, I was talking to my wife the other day i, I was coming up to shower i'm like yo babe do you realize that every time somebody asks god for something in faith he dispatches it from heaven and wow. sends it every time but yeah. the key is we never know when it's going to show up the enemy yeah. also knows that a package has been dispatched for us He understands that because God sent it, because God spoke it, it has to come to pass. And nothing can stop it, not even him. But he can stop us from going after it, That's though.
1: so good. Because yeah. what's sent out? Oh, that is so good. I love that. Yeah. That's he, a really, he has, really good Like, point. he
2: automatically sends it out. Anytime you ask for anything by faith in Jesus, he'll send it out for you. Mm-hmm. You just don't know where it's at. You don't know when it's coming. There is no tracking number. Mm-hmm. All you got is a receipt saying you wrote it down and then you spoke it. But there's no tracking number to say <laughs> like, it's <laughs> on the way. You understand? And so, but the enemy, he also knows yeah. that. And so he's like, okay, cool. I know God just sent them something. Mm -hmm. i gotta fight them because i know because god spoke it, his word don't fail it has to come to pass Mm -hmm. and i can't stop them from getting it but i can distract them and stop them from pursuing it and if i can do that then i win yeah yeah that's
1: good and i love what you're doing too because not only is it just a brand that obviously talks about the christian faith it's also a brand that deals with transformation yeah ultimately Mm -hmm. um and i want to kind of like talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of people um that essentially need to be broken open yeah and so with what you guys are talking about can you share like maybe one of the most uh, vulnerable moments that you experienced with having somebody on there um talking about how they were broken open as a result of hearing what you had to say and speaking god's word um
2: i've had a lot of moments um of people that have had you know uh moments where you know they felt broken open if you will but Mm -hmm. I'll give you my own personal right my own personal and I've been super in the space of transparency in my walk with God and um and it's been helping a lot of people because at the end of the day we we only overcome things by the blood of the lamb and our own testimony and I remember in 2013 this is about to be a bomb by the way on the podcast okay (laughs) this is about to be a bomb a disclaimer because again I feel like God has uniquely positioned me with the gifts, the callings, the abilities, the image, everything that I have for a particular reason. Because when people look at me, they see somebody that's just like them. Mm-hmm. They don't see somebody that's like super churchy, super religious. They see somebody that's just like them, a part of culture, but really loves God and loves the word of God and loves talking about the word of God. But it wasn't always like that. I come from, you know, uh, sin, just how anybody else would right. come from sin before you get into a life, a life following Jesus. Sure. And in 2013, I put myself in a position that only God could get me out of. I was falsely accused of sexual assault mm-hmm. and my whole life was hanging in the balance of potentially facing 10 years in prison, like depression. I, at 22 years old, I never knew what depression was like, but looking back on it at my life as I get older, that's what depression was. Mm-hmm. That's what that was. So and I had this leg injury leg injury in two thousand that was thirteen. Mm-hmm. And then in two thousand fifteen I had this situation where my name is over USA Today, ESPN. Like wow. I had a, I had a scholarship offer to go to another major school. I lost a scholarship offer the day the stories the story came out. And so my life my my, my life completely changed overnight, but my name was everywhere. You couldn't even Google me without seeing Ria Jones, rape, Ria Jones, sexual assault. And these were the lowest moments of my life. And this is also where I came to know God on a a deeper level. Mm -hmm. And so I remember in January when we shot the stuff for the commission, you asked me a question, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't, at the moment, I couldn't tell you what I really wanted to tell you because I wasn't broken open yet because God hasn't done his work in my heart that he's done over the past six months to the point where now I feel super free from it, and I can openly share because this is what the enemy has done to me, condemned me to a point where I felt like I wasn't good enough to lead the commission. You Mm -hmm. feel what I'm saying? Because I had all of this stuff like, yo, you can do this stuff in business, but when you go to a bigger scale, they're gonna Google you and find out what you really did seven years ago. And that held me down for so long, but it wasn't until I started doing the commission and that forced me to keep seeking God on a deeper level. And I realized, like, yo, I'm tripping about something, I'm feeling condemned about something that God don't even think about anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was when I when I finally freed myself from that and I broke and he broke me open to the from my to my most humble state. You know? Mm. Now I can freely talk about it and that has freed me. Yeah. But it's freed so many other people. But that came from me being obedient to the voice of God and doing a commission because I didn't know yeah. I didn't know when I would ever talk about this stuff. Yeah,
1: and you know, because <laughs> I want to ask you that too, because I feel like that's a that's a, a thing that a lot of people are going through, to the idea of how do you get quiet mm-hmm. when there's when the when the um, the the catastrophe and the the looming of what could be is yeah. very very loud yeah. around it's you. it's loud. How do you get quiet in those moments and be able to do the healing? Yeah, and do it, the work without being distracted by what could be
2: it it is it takes so much spiritual maturity
1: mm. looking
2: back on it because i can use that event back in 2015 i'm probably maybe 20 21 22 years old and i wasn't spiritually mature and so that depression was hitting me so hard yeah. yo it was so hard like, not eating. But what eating. is the,
1: because the depression looks different on different people, so what did your depression look like?
2: Good question. So for me, the depression was not eating, not leaving the room, my roommates never saw me. We mm. li- we it was four of us in one apartment, but I stayed locked up in the room, and that probably lasted for about three weeks because this is what really messed me up. Okay. When the story first came out, I was still going to class, right? I was still going to oh. class. Oh,
1: that's <laughs>
2: yeah. I was still going to class, yo. But, so here's what happened. <laughs> The article comes out, cause this the situation happened on like the 5th of February, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to class, going to class, and it was starting to leak out what happened. Mm-hmm. Then on the 9th, the article breaks out everywhere like four days later. So I'm like, dang, wow. this is crazy. And so, but I didn't know how much the article had really broken out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I walk into class one morning, true story, never forget. <laughs> walk into class and it's like a scene of a movie. It's nobody on the breezeway, the wind is blowing. <laughs> And the wind just blows this newspaper in front of me. Stop it! And I step on it. For real? And it's me on the front, Shut. front page of the paper. I'm like, yo. I pick it up, and I'm just stunned. And that's oh when it hit God. me on another level. Like, bro, you're you're screwed. Yeah. Like you're. And like- you know, I think
1: there's just something so interesting <laughs> about that. Is when somebody's because a lot of people sin. Everybody right. Sins, right. Yeah. It's different when your sin is broadcasted.
2: When it's broadcasted that and is it's just open, like, like and oh that's it's, it's like worst another case scenario. it's cuz like people sin in private all the time all and nobody will ever time. know. All but when time. it's put on front street at a school like Tennessee, SEC yeah. school, tons of people, man I never got so oh. many racist DMs and yeah. tweets. I had to turn off Twitter and everything like yeah. it was bad, yo.
1: So if you were to kind of identify the top 3 Principles or practices or mindset tools that got you through that space, through mm-hmm. that process, through that situation. What would those be?
2: So the first thing was the word of God because that was that moment again when God. You you know when God is trying to get something to yeah. you because the
1: newspaper story. Really <laughs> Yo, like
2: how does that <laughs> That's happen? Different. Like
4: That's different. I'm just
2: walking, going to class, Airpod, or earphones, and yeah. just like a real scene of a movie. That's There's nobody crazy. there. The wind is blowing, and lo and behold, this paper just.
1: Like, and it's you, that's God. I
2: just I went I went home I went home and I cried like a baby. I'm yeah. like yo I feel tears right now because that moment, it was real yo. It was so mm-hmm. real like not being able to eat. You're scared to go out. You don't even want to post on Twitter Instagram because you're thinking like what if they comment and say you you did this and they don't even know the whole story. That was the thing. That was the thing yeah. that bothered me the most. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew nothing. and it yeah. wasn't even—I never got charged. Mm-hmm. But because I played at a major school, yeah. The news reporter people—they always searching the stuff, and they saw my name in the police report, and that's what broke the article, and it just changed my whole mm-hmm. life. Like that is the reason, or ninety percent of the reason, why I never played in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I got
2: cut my very first day in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. They had a female owner. And when she found out what happened, she saw my, they Googled all the, like searched all the players that were coming in for that for camp. Mm-hmm. I got cut the same day. The same, day, I never got That's to practice. That's a lot to take
1: on at once.
2: Man, it was heavy so, and I buried this part of my life for mm-hmm. seven years. I'm just now getting to a point where I want to talk about it to people. Mm-hmm. People ask me what was the lowest point of my life. That will come up, I will bury it. Yeah. I was so scared to talk about it, but you know, when you're free from something, mm-hmm. when you can openly talk about it and discuss it and you don't have the emotional attachment that you used to have. That's when you get wisdom from the experience. Yeah.
1: And and what would you say? I have two questions for that. But what would you say has been your biggest takeaway from the actual incident that you were accused of?
2: Self-discipline,
1: self-discipline mm. and
2: self-control. Um I remember watching American Gangster, and it's my <laughs> and Denzel was like the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. Mm. And so I started to think about that just as years begin to pass. I'm like, that's kind of true, but it's not. It's it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. I think the weakest one in the room, the weakest man in the room, is the one without self control. Mm.
1: I can see the, that. It's the
2: one without self control because it was that moment where I didn't exercise self-control that put me in a position where if I just had a little bit more self-control, I would've never even
1: yeah.
2: even, I would've just went my own separate way, whatever yeah. the case may be, and it would never even been a thing to even happen. Mm-hmm. But because the lust was in my heart, I couldn't control myself X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, that's whatever. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? It is what it is. Yeah. I'm a kid, I'm in college, whatever. And man, put myself in a situation where Wow. Life completely changed in fifteen seconds.
1: In fifteen
2: seconds. Fifteen seconds almost cost me ten years of my life.
1: <gasps> fifteen deep. seconds. That's deep. I'm almost getting cost in me like goosebumps. ten years
2: of my life. I would still be in prison today. I wouldn't know my wife. I wouldn't have my children. Mm. Yep. So that's why when I talk to people about the grace of God, for me it's different because I've experienced it on a on a from Injuries, my mm-hmm. life, prison, just so much different yeah. stuff where God has shown me who he was and he's kept me here, yeah. alive for a reason, out of prison for a reason, to continue the call that he gave me when I was in eternity with him
1: chilling. Yeah, and, and I want to try to touch on one topic before we move on from that because you have something that you said that kind of also resonates with me and something that I'm kind of dealing with as well. but how do you kind of because it's frustrating it almost brought tears to my eyes when it was almost bringing tears to Mm -hmm. yours when you talk about the aspect of because i'm really big on fair
0: yeah
1: i'm really big on fair that's Mm -hmm. like one of my like highest pillars is like what's fair yeah and what's not fair is when somebody doesn't know both sides of the story Mm -hmm. and that is just it's just it's
2: it's rough it's rough
1: because you have you only have one voice that's being really loud and you yeah. don't have the other one that's really being so people don't have the full story mm-hmm. and so how did you kind of like get through that aspect of like really not being able to control the narrative when um, you are a part of the story tom um, okay i mean it
2: was because the situation was so touchy it's so sticky mm-hmm. you know it just it, it it was only time you know cuz yeah. as time began to pass the, the feelings that were associated with it, they would kind of go away a little bit more. I stopped caring about what people were saying about it. And then I had to end up leaving. I was already transferring from that school. And so when I left to go to another school at my new school, nobody knew what happened anyway. Gotcha. So I was more so now just dealing so time with... time in
1: proximity. Yeah, t-
2: time and proximity. Okay. You know, getting out of the environment where the situation happened really helped because mm-hmm. I didn't have to think about it as much. Right. You feel what I'm saying? um But time being the biggest. But sometimes, like, time is if you never process it you never heal from it yeah it'll keep flaring up and you yes. and, and i had these feelings of <laughs> condemnation because i never fully processed it mm-hmm. it wasn't until after five years of the incident where i asked myself why did i do it yep i never asked myself why did i do it like what was mm-hmm. that about you know and at the end of the day it just came down to just being self-disciplined being yeah. self-controlled as yeah. a man i think a lot of men they should, like struggle with lust and just so many different things um and at that time my life I was so young immature didn't really understand I'm Mm -hmm. at a major school I'm thinking like whatever it is what it is yeah you know um and what I and I thought it just
4: you got to me
2: and on podcast I'm thinking what we're doing is consensual anyway so I'm for sure like whatever you know it is what it is and so but that situation panned out in a completely different way than what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and laugh about it now partly, but it, at the time,
1: yeah, worst
2: situation of my life. Man,
1: that's big. That's huge. And thank you so much for sure for sharing that. Um, I I wanted to ask you too because I think the big the big part of healing, and this goes back to my question about what's the universal kind of thing that people need to work on, and forgiveness is always. Yeah, forgiveness is always somewhere in there mm-hmm. um, and I think like the biggest thing for me too that I'm still kind of working through is just like well I kind of missed the mark there like you know for being able to forgive yeah, to forgive yeah yourself. right
2: yeah and that's... so
1: can you say like at this season in your life at this point in your life have you been able to do that
2: yeah and that 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 when I forgave myself
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's when the feelings of condemnation began to dissipate
1: but how do you forgive yourself?
2: I think it just comes to know that God loves you in spite of because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you hold these feelings to yourself, it's be, or hold unforgiveness against yourself. For me, I can speak, I'm thinking it's because God is mad at me. So I'm like, man, I can't forgive myself, man. I may I let God down. Like I mm-hmm. I'm not really nah, this ain't this ain't it. And so, but once I said, Man, you know what, bro? You can't do nothing about that. You've been beating yourself up for five, six years about something that God has through in the sea of forgetfulness once you brought it to him. So why still hang it over your own head when he's Mm -hmm. not hanging in front of you? And again, that's what the enemy wants to do so he can keep you from going into purpose because he can't stop anything that God sends to you, but he can stop you from pursuing it. And that almost stopped me from doing the commission.
1: you know why? Exactly, that's what I was about to say. If he can stop you, because what you're called to do is to multiply. Yeah. And so if he can stop you, he can stop hundreds. He can stop tens, he can stop thousands. Yep. And that's just the name of the game that's the
2: name of the game and so
1: that's really good um i want to kind of wrap up this portion of the interview to ask you if if you were to kind of like if you were asked Mm -hmm. who is god to you uh what would be your answer
2: the first question the first answer would be he's me god is me um the second answer i would say was that god is the most unique unexplainable creator self-sufficient creator that holds everything together and without him nothing happens and he's mm-hmm. the reason that we're all here here breathing today is his breath that we're breathing now mm-hmm. you know and so he's everything to me it's hard to even put him into words i did a series the first series i did in the commission was called to know him OK, because I feel like many people know facts about God, but they don't know who he is for themselves. Yeah. And when somebody opens up the word of God, that th- it's a reflection of themselves. God is spirit. The word is spirit. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the word of God, it should be a reflection of you. It's the only book that you can read that can read you right back. And so for me, that's how I would sum up who God is. And I think that when somebody takes it from I heard about that scripture, or I heard that before, or, you know, I I heard about that about God. And then it goes to another level to now you seeking out for yourself. And then people realize like, dang, God is me. Mm -hmm. I'm God, he's me. That's what it is. Christ lives in me. He chose to make his home on the inside of me and I live his life. And everybody that I come in contact with, they should feel the love of God. They should feel the presence of God. Mm -hmm. If they never read a Bible, they should be able to look at my life and be like, he has a relationship with the father he's been processed by god
1: yeah and i think that's a fantastic answer i think that's a fantastic segue to holy let's go okay because <laughs> <laughs> if y'all are just now catching the interview like halfway through you have to listen to, to it from the beginning because this is a man of god like rest assured
2: rest assured,
1: <laughs> rest assured this is a man of god however comma
2: <laughs> comma
1: however comma this is like we got to talk about this okay because my friend
2: calls me a walking paradox
1: that's a a very great analogy for how i would describe it okay so holy like this actually like did it catch a lot of people by surprise so many okay talk about holy please and explain how it makes sense (laughs) in comparison to everything that you just said yeah (laughs) Within your Christian walk. Please, no make doubt. it make sense. Make so it make sense.
2: I'm about to make it make sense for okay. you. So before I can talk about holy, the first thing we have to identify is what holy actually means. Okay. So what do you think holy means?
1: I think holy means, it's, I, I feel like it's a verb. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a, an action that you uh, encompass. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's basically, let me try to ease it up into one word. I feel like it is the ability to be able to encompass what the presence of the Holy Spirit feels like.
2: Okay. Got it. That's
1: how I would describe it. Got it. I feel like that is who, if you can fully um, embrace it and encompass what it means to be holy, is to embrace and encompass what it fully means to activate the Holy Spirit within you.
2: That's real. That's real. So the biblical definition of holy means to be set apart by God for purpose. Okay. Right? Set apart by God for purpose. So it says in Hebrews 10.10 that God's will was for us, us people to be made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So when I first read that, I'm like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. This changes my whole philosophy of what I originally thought holy meant, because I originally thought when people think of holy, they think of like perfect, perfect. Mm -hmm. They think of like Mm -hmm. sinless, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what would come to mind normally. But when I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. It says for God's will was first to be made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Pause. God know we're not perfect. Okay. So why is his will for us to be made holy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: because holy actually means to be set apart by God for purpose. Right. And so mm-hmm. now moving into the brand of holy, so Holy is a house of brands, It's many things outside of just the cannabis component of it that will be rolling out in the future. So the cannabis component of it is our wellness side of it. And okay. so it's Holy Wellness Company. And the reason why I decided to go that route for the for in terms of the cannabis plant is because cannabis is a holy plant. OK. Many people won't understand that off me saying that in the beginning but when you think about it what the definition means it means to be set apart by God for purpose
1: mm-hmm.
2: the cannabis plant has over 400 active cannabin or 400 active compounds in it right that
1: and for people who are ignorant to this space for sure I got it, what, you what do you mean
2: so a compound is something that engages with the body in some type of way to produce an effect whether that's a pain relief type effect or mm-hmm. a psychoactive effect to make you feel like you're elevated a little bit higher whatever it has over 400 Compounds in it, right? But it has a hundred that are active that engage with the human body. So many people know of the major ones like THC, CBD, Mm -hmm. and all these different compounds, but it's over a hundred. And so there's not many plants that have that many compounds into it, number one. So that alone gives me enough belief that this is a holy plant because it's It's set set apart. apart. It's different. It's not the same as any other plant out there. Just how we're holy, we're all different, we're all set apart. Nobody's purpose is the same, everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the name of the brand kind of came from and just me, like God being the center of my life. And it's hard for me to like, try to like squeeze God in. Yeah, He's the center, so everything builds around it. And so because of who I am, I wanted to make sure that I had something that was that, cause God spoke to me and it's gonna sound very wild, right? <laughs>
1: okay, cause so, I was just, okay, go ahead.
2: So. One day I was chilling
1: okay. and
2: I heard a voice of a guy, he says, how many people has the enemy tricked by showing up as an angel of light or showing up as a wolf in sheep's clothing? Okay. I'm like, a lot. Like, mm-hmm. That's every day. Yeah. He's kept catching people slipping every day. Yeah. And so then I start to, to hear like, yo, how many more people would you trick by them thinking that you were something that you weren't and you're really an angel of light. Mm. You're really my secret agent but I'm sending you to an industry that's been dominated yes. by darkness. I feel
1: like Kanye does the same thing.
2: Kanye does the same exactly. It's and, almost
1: like a, dis- it's a this disguise. Is, Not a disguise but like what this do you call is,
2: that? It's just blending into culture. Blending, okay. That's all it is because again you can't change culture by trying to not be a part of it right you can only infect the change by being in it yes you know and so And there's a
1: principle i want to speak on that too because there's a principle in the book that i read it's called think like jesus by george barna um and there's an idea in there that's called engage and transcend mm-hmm. and i really live by that same model because it's like you have to be able to get into the environment you have to be able mm-hmm. to engage yeah and then once you get in there there's a there's opportunity for you to, to be able to transcend.
2: And so, and so
1: I love that what you're saying. That because, is so real. Yeah, because thing.
2: most people, like, that's like again, part of the church and they come into culture try to make the change, they come and it's, yo, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't, mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of rules, but you haven't engaged with me first. Yep. You haven't became a friend to me first. You haven't blended in with us first. Yeah. And so Kanye, he was a big part of me going forward in the commission because I was like, yo, I can do what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. still like, Kanye, but he's winning souls. Like, i never forget. I get on like Instagram like, or something. He had a thousand people baptized <laughs> in one day. Like, church is not doing that. Right? Like, that's Jesus, high heavens, key. they're singing up there. Yeah. You follow me? And so. God was like, man, how many more people can you win over by going into an industry that's dominated by darkness, but bringing your light into it, bringing mm-hmm. me into it? Mm-hmm. It says the wealth of the rich, the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Yeah. And this industry of cannabis, it does more money than Starbucks.
1: Mm. Really? <laughs>
2: yes. It's the fifth fastest, what's the fifth most harvested crop in America? It's more harvested than wow. like corn, all kind of stuff, wheat, all kinds of stuff, cannabis. Wow. And this is what people don't know. And people don't understand the roots and stuff behind it. I did a podcast this morning and they asked me, why do I feel that it has such a negative stigma in yeah. like culture, especially like Christian culture? Yep. And the biggest reason I believe is because, so going back to the roots of cannabis, not going to take too much time on this particular part, but mm-hmm. back in the thirties or back in the twenties, cannabis started to become like a thing in culture, the black culture, because of jazz music. So okay. Louis Armstrong was a real stoner like he wouldn't even perform if he didn't have cannabis like really? he couldn't smoke Louis Armstrong and that whole crew one of the greats. he's one of the greats so that whole crew they wouldn't even smoke anywhere if they didn't have cannabis when they got there mm-hmm. and so they are the ones that obviously push the jazz culture forward and so you have white America that are that's loving the jazz music yep. and they're now, now they're coming to all of the shows and so now you have the white women dancing with black men mm-hmm. at, the, at the shows. Mm-hmm. As this is happening, you have a war in Mexico that's happening. And so now the Mexicans are migrating from Mexico across the border to America. And they have brought the term marijuana before it was gotcha. just cannabis. The Mexicans brought the term marijuana in the thirties. And so as this is happening, Mexicans are flooding America. Mm-hmm. The black culture is like turning up in jazz. The white yeah. people are loving it. Right. And at this time there's I no do. there's right <laughs> there's no such thing as the fbi there's no such thing as the dea mm-hmm. this stuff wasn't around then but in 1937 this guy named harry anslinger he becomes the guy that's known or what's now known as dea he was the first person over that mm-hmm. and his first mission was to get cannabis outlawed right and so he created mm-hmm. these fear campaigns he spread it mass fear throughout the media and you know back in this time there is no social media there's no google there's no none of that so whatever yeah. you see on the news you take it for face value and so our grandparents mm-hmm. that grew up in the 30s and the 40s that were born in the 30s and 40s or whatever this is what they're hearing yep so when our parents are born yeah in the 50s and the 60s it's and the 70s bad. this is what they're hearing yeah. when we're born in the late 80s early 90s this is what we're hearing yeah but we now come to age where we got ipods technology we can google and figure yeah, out like resources. yo wait a yeah. minute this ain't even killing nobody. Instant
1: information.
2: Instant instant information, and yeah. so these fear campaigns were spread throughout a period of time, man. Yeah, and, uh, it just it just kept bleeding, and you know, yeah. And now people have this negative connotation to it, but they don't have. And what's funny, you can see ads about alcohol and Ciroc and all these different ads floating around, mm-hmm. but you never see ads about anything dealing with cannabis. But it's not even killing anybody. Yeah. But it's all rooted in racism and capitalism. And
1: I have to ask you too, because. There's a, there's different products. Understand? I don't know. You brought this today. What is
2: this? This uh, so that's a holy pen. That's a holy pen. Okay. That is a vape, right? And it has um, uh, it's, about, it's like it lasts about like two or three weeks, depending on who they are. It Could last okay. some people a month or two. Okay. Um, super clean vibe. And so it the, says
1: create on the back. I know you have different elements. You have different yes. products that give you different experiences. Yes.
2: Yep. Yep. Create. Yep. So peace, peace, create and activate.
1: He's creative. So this is like if you want to
2: start feeling creative. Yep, uh, okay. creative thoughts because all the all the cannabis plants, they all engage with your body in different ways. And so you have things uh, types of cannabis called indica, sativas, and hybrids. Mm-hmm. Uh, indica is going to have you stuck in the couch, chilling, peaceful, you don't mm-hmm. really want to move, lackadaisical, chilling. You yeah. have the hybrid, which is a mix of the indica and the sativa, and the sativa is more so active, moving around, yeah. headstrong, can kind of function. And so the hybrid brings both of them and giving you that creative, vibe-ish, type of feeling, yes. you know? And so um, that's okay. what that is right there.
1: And then with this particular product, because it is like a little bit taboo, especially in the Christian space, it's mm-hmm. a little controversial, not a little, it is controversial. It's
2: very controversial, <laughs> very.
1: So when you heard God say this, was it kind of like some hesitation or was it like, I hear you God, No, 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 so,
2: um, <laughs> Here's how this came about. Okay. So when I got that idea, when he when, when he talking about the angel of darkness and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, I was already kind of moving towards this. But I was kind of like, dang, should I do it? I, yeah. I was kind of, st- I was like, because my thing was maybe I can do it, but not put my face on it. That was kind of how okay. it started. Okay. But then it was like, nah, I, if I want to really do this how I really want, I have to be a part of it in mm-hmm. some type of way. Mm-hmm. But so how this even came, came about was very God ordained. Okay. Right. So I rent out cars.
1: Yep.
2: I rent my car to this guy. He's the first person to rent my BMW that I that I have. First person to rent it, and I was excited because I had got this car wrapped and everything. I was ready to get it out to somebody it was the first person to get it, okay. right? So he rents the car, and he has it for the weekend, and I go meet him at Lenox Mall to pick up the car, and he was like, and he pulls out his suitcase and everything. He got a full yeah. thing going on with all the stuff, up. like all on the ground and stuff. I'm like, Yo, what this dude doing? He was like, man. Can you run me to my airbnb i'm like this man like he got a lot of stuff going on like i'm coming to get my he got clothes all yeah, on the ground yeah. i'm like all right man whatever so we get in the car and uh we ride we talking and i'm like yo what do you do and he was like uh i'm into cannabis i'm like oh dope how's it going for you he yeah. said last month i paid out 150 thousand. Timeout. time out <laughs> you I almost hit the brakes at a green light you paid out 150 thousand hundred and fifty thousand. he was like yeah man i got a real operation happening in oregon going on in oregon i was like no cool i was like can i get your number because i'm getting his number so i can like buy from like maybe you can send me some stuff and i can yeah. get the best stuff or whatever and so um get his number n- don't think anything of it funny that was in october november and december I go into fast, like mm-hmm. from a lot of different stuff. So I stopped smoking, mm-hmm. stopped doing a lot of different stuff for 60 days, partly because I knew I was going to go into the commission in January. Yep. And so I just want to be super in tune with God here clearly, mm-hmm. no distractions, no spending extra money, no nothing. And so for 60 days, I'm not smoking, doing anything. And so when January rolls around, I'm about to start back smoking. Yeah. But this thought hits me. How do you make money from it now? How do you go from mm-hmm. consumer from the consumer side to the producer side of it yeah and i'm like man i live in georgia this is an illegal state how can i even get into this stuff? right right and so i started doing some homework doing some research and i end up going to a cbd store right go to the cbd store and i know cbd is not going to do anything for me yeah but i just said let me just go and just see what else see they what got happens, yeah. see what happens so i bought some cbd I'm telling the dude, I said, I'm looking for something that can give me like a little buzz, man. And so he said, get that black bottle off the shelf. I get this black bottle, check out, I go home, not thinking anything of it. And I take the CBD out, I'm rolling it up. I'm like, this is not it, this ain't for me. So I throw the whole can away. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was like, maybe that is beneficial to my body, but for what I'm looking for, for my mind, and just, it's not giving me no feeling. And yeah. so I get the black bottle that he got and I took it. It was some pre-rolled joints in there. I took it out and I, and I smoked one. I'm like, this don't feel too bad. This yeah. feels a little bit different from what I just had. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at my wife, I said, "Babe, my eyes red. And she said, "They're like a little glassy. They are not like red, red. I said, Hmm, maybe that was a fluke. And so I smoke another one. And so at about after about 20 minutes, I'm like, yo, I'm like, yeah. I'm I feel really good. And it was a high that I had never experienced. It was just different. It wasn't like heavy. I didn't feel like like I was like super just like out of it. Yeah. I just felt really good and I could fully function. I'm like, man, what is this? So uh I found out that it was a cannabinoid called delta eight, and so, like I said, the ca- cannabis plant produces over a hundred different things: CBD, delta eight, delta nine, all this stuff. And so, delta eight was federally legal, mm. meaning I could buy it at the store. It could be shipped, all this stuff, and it gave you what I call a clean high. It wasn't heavy. It wasn't gonna like make yeah. you feel anxious or paranoid. I'm like, dang, this is this might be this might be I right, right here. And for me, because I actually. Like I'm a cannabis kind of sewer, not just I smoke a lot or whatever, but I actually before I even got into holy, I was always wanting to know more about the plant, like Mm -hmm. the different uh, parts of it or whatever. And so uh, I'm like, man, if this gave me a little clean vibe, this may give people that don't smoke at all like a really Mm -hmm. nice vibe to make them feel really good. And so I started doing my research on it. I found out I could ship it to people. I could start an online store. I'm like, I think I just struck gold.
1: Yeah. And so,
2: but the thing was, I didn't at the time, I didn't think I knew anybody that was already doing it. So I'm Mm -hmm. writing out this crazy business plan, going through all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I get to the part of my plan where I always ask myself, who do I know that's already doing this that I can ask questions to? And I started thinking, everybody that I know that in, that's in cannabis in any kind of way is in the streets, first of all. Like first of all. You know, so I ain't calling uh, you know none bro of them. Man. Right, bread man them. Like I ain't calling none of them. Right. And so I was like, yo, that guy that I met in my car. Yeah,
1: that's so good. Like How I, did you find I, him?
2: Huh? I, I got his number. Oh, yeah, got his I got that his day. number that okay. day. And yeah. so I said, let me text him. But I'm thinking, maybe he'll text me back, maybe, maybe he, won't, he won't, whatever. I text him, he calls me instantly really and the only reason i text him was because i didn't believe my wife thought i was serious about launching the cannabis brand i did not think she what thought what was I... her
1: reaction when you said she that thought said... i was tripping <laughs> did it take some time to convince her that this is it what took she should do? it took
2: her about two weeks it took about two weeks or so of me yeah. not convincing her me putting the work in, learning about it. Okay. When she started that I was serious, she was on board without yeah. a doubt. She didn't even question it. She's when she because at first she thought I was just joking. Yeah. But when she saw me like stand up t- till four in the morning on researching. YouTube researching and trying to figure this stuff out. She's like, he's serious. But yeah. when I text uh the guy that I was dealing with, that I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. she that's when she knew I was really serious because I went out my way to text him. But then he called me right when I sent the text. I said, Yo, babe, he's calling right <laughs> now. I'm sh- I'm like, yo
1: what should i do like
2: so i pick up and we get to talking and and i'm like yeah man i just got some questions for you i want to jump into this space i found this 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 thing called delta eight do you know anything about it he said bro i grow hundreds of thousands of pounds of that every year Wow. i'm like bro can we like get on zoom or something right he was like i'll do you one better i just moved to atlanta (laughs) we should have a meeting next week
1: oh my god
2: wow i said you live here now he said yeah when i rented out your car I used your car to find a house. I found it. I live in that house now. Mm. And so we can meet up next week. And so we ended up having a meeting. We, we sat down. I kind of gave him my one. Well, when I sat down with him, I came with a already renting out full plan on what I was going to do, whether he was going to help me or not. Yeah. And I think he really respected that. And he opened up to me even more. He showed me his whole operation. He had got like three farms. It's wow. acres of growth that's happening. Full fulfillment that's team. Does the whole knob. And um, he was like, man, I'll allow you to basically white-label all my stuff, brand it as your own, give you the best prices possible. And I started testing stuff out, having friends test stuff out. And back in April, that's when I was like, okay, it's time to launch. And so we launched on May 13th.
1: Wow. I think the hardest disconnect for me too, because, and this might be the same for a lot of people, but it's kind of like the question that people probably ask the most is like, why get high when you can get high off <laughs> when you can get high off christ so right. what is your answer so, to
2: that so i don't use cannabis to get high okay. it's a it's a part of it right okay so cannabis again i use it for wellness use so people you know have medicinal use they have recreational use which is just for fun me i found a category of wellness use because for me it has so many benefits like for me i can't eat no morning i never could eat in the morning and so i'll wake up pop a gummy I'll take a, a, a cannabis pill mm-hmm. or get a vape or I may roll up something just to get my appetite going just so I can eat something. Okay. You've, and it's been like that since I was a kid. Uh, sometimes as an entrepreneur, my mind is always thinking so creatively, I can't even sleep at night. And so me popping a gummy or a vape or whatever, and I don't even think about the high that comes with it. Mm-hmm. It's just the what it does for my body. And so, again, I said cannabis produces something called cannabinoids, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Our body has something called an endocannabinoid system. People don't know this about the human body.
1: Okay.
2: The cannabinoids automatically engage with the endocannabinoid system. Mm. So,
1: so they speak to each other. They
2: speak to each other. So for me, seeing stuff like that, it's like, wait a minute. How did God know that the cannabis plant? <laughs> will produce cannabinoids. And he will also create in us an endocannabinoid system.
1: Yeah, so that they can pair.
2: That they can pair. And this is how people feel the effects of like being high because Mm -hmm. it engages with your CB1 and your CB2 receptors, which are a part of that system. And as you consume it, whether it's an edible or a drink or whatever, Mm -hmm. these cannabinoids start engaging with your system, creating these feelings to remove anxiety, I have I have a friend who has, um, what is it called, lupus. Okay. So he has a lot of flare-ups, right? Mm -hmm. And so the doctor had gave him all these prescription medications, nothing worked for him. His mom went to a CBD store, got him some CBD, like creams and oils rubbed it over his body and the flare up left in 2 hours. Whoa. Because the canab the cannabis plant yeah. it produces all of these different cannabinoids but people don't know this because of the stigma that's behind it mm-hmm. and people are rather, you know, disassociate with them, disassociate from it, don't want to mm-hmm. do anything with it, but it will help so many more people that have, you know, Uh, uh, so many different things that you don't want to continue to use prescription medication for. But when it comes
1: to this actual stigma though, would you say with this brand specifically, are you guys on the defense or the offense to breaking the stigma?
2: The offense. Okay. The offense I would say because I'm not sitting, I'm more so pushing the narrative Mm -hmm. for what we're doing, Mm -hmm. being out there especially as a Christian. I think that's the biggest thing, somebody who believes in Jesus without a doubt like
1: have you considered though because it's um what's the word i'm looking for it's so um controversial was, controversial but also fragile
2: it's very fragile so
1: well, have you considered how to be cautious i guess or how to be careful yeah about who who are you talking to when right you, when you're really good doing question the brand holy who, who are you talking to for this
2: um this is going to sound very funny but it's actually not for the christian community
1: okay it's
2: actually not <laughs> It's actually not. Just it's how home. Just, watch this. Just how slutty vegan is not for vegans.
1: Mmm. <laughs> y'all gonna get that when you go home.
2: Slutty vegan is not for wow. vegans. She 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 said it in an interview. When she said that, I said, yo, you're a genius. It's that not, is genius. It's not for vegans. It's for people who like me, yeah. but want something more healthy. You follow <laughs> what I'm saying? And she created Slutty Vegan. And so holy, I know. Christians and people of faith will gravitate to it, but it's really not for them. It's for people who are in the world Mm -hmm. that want something that's clean, that Mm -hmm. want something that's convenient, that can be shipped directly to their door, um, and that wants something that gives them a good vibe that doesn't have them like too heavy. Um, Now I'm a Christian, so obviously you would think that I'm talking to Christians, but I'm really not because Christians, they can be so stuck in their ways. Mm -hmm. This is more so a wholesome brand or a holy brand for people who are in the world But this is the introduction to them to get to know Christ on a deeper level because here's here's what happens. As people begin to buy holy, when Mm -hmm. they get their packages, it's a QR code in there. Mm -hmm. The QR code invites them to join the commission. Mm -hmm. So what happens when holy is growing on a massive scale and the commission automatically grows by a default of it? And here's here's where people really got to connect it. And this is where you really have to know what the word of God says because the question should now be, is smoking actually a sin or is cannabis actually a sin mm-hmm. or do people think it's a sin that's the question that has to be raised and because i'm a student of the word of god and i've been enjoying cannabis for quite some time one thing that i've always searched out was that particular thing yeah, and
1: that's a big that's the biggest question
2: yo i but Bef- even before I even had a brand of holy, mm-hmm. I was always searching this out to figure out, like, is this like a sin?
1: Right. Because because people feel bad about doing it.
2: Right. And the only reason they feel bad is because oh, somebody Christians,
1: yeah.
2: only reason. Right. Christians feel bad because the church or people in the church have told them it was a sin. Mm-hmm. But now it's a, so is it a personal conviction or is it a spiritual prohibition? And mm-hmm. it's more so a personal conviction. And this is why I love what Paul talked about in Romans when they was having this conversation about should they eat clean meat or unclean meat? And Paul was like, you know what, bro? If you think you shouldn't eat it, then don't eat it. And if you you don't feel any condemnation or anything behind it, (gasps) then you do your thing with it. But don't put it in their face that you're free and don't put it in their face that you don't do that. Because now that's where the pride and the self-righteousness come. Oh, I don't smoke, so I'm better than you. I don't smoke, so I'm a better Christian than you. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that. You feel what I'm saying? Because, again, you can't look in the word of God and find that smoking gives a scent. And this is what somebody's going to put in the comments.
1: (laughs) I was just about to ask you about the comments.
2: This is what what somebody's going to put in the comments. They're gonna put 1 Peter 5 and 10 that says be sober-minded because mm-hmm. the enemy's prowling around look for like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to develop. Mm-hmm. So now the question should be: niche, what does sober-minded actually mean? <laughs> this is why people have to read their Bible. Yeah. Because you would think that when it says be sober-minded from a Western culture way of thinking, mm-hmm. that means no weed no no influences but that's not what he was talking about that's not what peter was talking about in that you have to read the full Mm -hmm. chapter five in complete context and then ask yourself why would he just implement weed or alcohol right here it doesn't make sense what he was talking about was sober-minded sober-minded means to be Mm Self-control. It means to be disciplined. It means to be humble. It means to be solemn. Yeah, and sound and sound in your decisions. yes but it and now so now the question should be: Can I consume cannabis or alcohol and still be sober-minded? Yeah, that's the question. And the next one they're gonna say is well, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which is 100% fact, you can't debate that. Mm-hmm. But when you read that as well, you must also read it in full context. What he's really talking about there is sexual sin in full context. Mm. But you also have to understand that a lot of things in the scripture are principles. So the principle is that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But this is also where you can't take one thing right. and try to use it for everything. Because sure. now it should be, well, why are you having sex out of marriage? <laughs> Why, are you eat, why do you eat the foods that you eat? Why do you consume alcohol yeah. in the way that you do? But because, people
1: like to use the Bible. They like to a la carte scriptures.
2: Exactly. And this yeah. is why people have spiritually dry experiences.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because they try to take something out and use it against people. Or, yep. they, or they hear something and they think that, no, like you have to read it in context or you can become a con. Mm.
3: You got to read it in
2: full context. And so when I began to read the Bible in full context and what it is saying and People also have to understand. The Bible was written to uh, for you, yeah. but it wasn't written to you. The Bible was written to the people, or because remember, the Bible is a book of many books. Yep. Right, and so romans and colossians and mm-hmm. corinthians of that time he's talking to people there in that time yep <laughs> so now you have to figure out okay how does this play a part in, in culture today? today
1: yep and Let's if you don't
2: it. read the bible like that then yeah. your spirit your experience as a uh, as a somebody falling away gonna be dry
1: mm.
2: yep and so when i started doing that i started realizing like wait a minute the bible doesn't say anything about smoking, cannabis, none of that because of partly why? Because it wasn't a thing back then. They right. weren't rolling joints. That didn't become a thing till eighteen fifty. <laughs> Jesus had been gone left yeah, by then. You yeah. feel what I'm saying? But here's what people don't know. I'm okay. really about to blow somebody's socks off. If you look in Deuteronomy, when Moses was commissioned by God, it's an Exodus of Deuteronomy, I think of Deuteronomy. When Moses was commissioned by God to make the holy anointing oil. Mm-hmm. Right. God gave him was very specific, right? And there was different ingredients that he gave him to use for this holy anointing oil. In our Bibles today, it will read as something called calamus. Calamus. Calamus, right? It's known as a sweet, fragrant cane. Okay. But if you search throughout what the deeper root meaning of calamus is Mm -hmm. and what it said in the first written Bibles, it was something called cannabasm. Cannabisim was known Mm. as cannabis. So when God created, uh, commissioned uh, Moses to create the holy anointing oil, he had him use, I think it was seven pounds of cannabism or calamus or cannabis to create the holy anointing oil. Yes, ma'am. And this is why people again, like, so. and somebody asked me today, it was like, (laughs) have you had any tough conversations about (laughs) this whole cannabis? I said, not really, not yet because People have to understand, like, if somebody doesn't engage in cannabis, that means they don't ever do any research or homework behind mm-hmm. it. So, because I do, my argument or my debate is different because I've actually searched everything yeah, out yeah all the scripts that somebody's gonna use to get me to stop smoking i've already read those in-depth yes. so much commentary so yes. many in depth, because i knew if i was gonna go forward in this i had you to have, have to full ready. conviction by god you and be, be ready you have yes. to be prepared because there's always it's, it's gonna ruffle a lot of feathers controversial, so it's you controversial it. you yo who hands? is this dude leading folks <laughs> talking about god every monday but he be high smoking he tatted it <laughs> up he said he got started yeah. charged with rape and all this stuff. <laughs> who is he? I'm Paul. Wow. I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm those people That's who awesome. are willing to go into culture and be themselves and not change because somebody else said I should change. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about, you know? And so because I've done so much spiritual work with God, he's done so much work in me in my heart.
0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain,
2: and there's been and so i tell people all the time whatever you can't say no to you're a slave to and that's what Mm -hmm. the scripture talks about um all things are beneficial uh all things are you can do all things but not all things are beneficial for you right everything is
1: beneficial but everything is permissible but not beneficial
2: right and so it's so funny Mm -hmm. somebody said that to me on instagram yesterday right or i posted a video Mm -hmm. and it was i had like a joint in my hand or something and somebody said that scripture they said the first part yeah but they didn't say the second part The second part of that
4: very same scripture, you look one sentence over, the B clause. It says,
2: Plus. You can do all things but you don't become a slave to anything.
4: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. According to a recent Indeed survey, and listeners of this show will get a seventy-five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com/podcast. That's Indeed.com/podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
0: So mm. all things
2: are permissible for, or all things are permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Yep. All things are permissible for me, but I won't become a slave to anything. So whatever you Talk can't say access. no to, you're a slave to. Yeah. Yep. And so for me, it's like, I've had those moments where I look at the joint, keep moving, put it down for 30 days, 90 days, 60 days, all kind of stuff, because I never want anything. Social media. People talk about, you shouldn't smoke weed. Some of y'all shouldn't spend all the time y'all spend on social media. (laughs) Like, for real. Like, that's an idol for people.
1: Talk about it. It's an idol. And that's
2: the thing, like God don't have a problem with us having cannabis, but he does have a problem with cannabis having us. Mm -hmm. That's the difference.
1: Mm -hmm. So can
2: you consume without it having you? Mm -hmm. And
1: if people don't smoke, would you encourage them to? No. So it's not, okay, so don't pick it up if you haven't already picked it
2: up. If it's not, if it's not something that it, so I would better answer that question. It goes to the why you're doing it okay so wellness use if you're somebody smoking just to say oh i'm smoking i just wrote a joint
1: mm-hmm.
2: no but if it's for a specific reason like you saw that it has a benefit that you're looking for like man i need to sleep better at night or i need to just be calm throughout the day or mm-hmm. i just have a hard time eating or i'm anxious a lot throughout the day. i just need to calm yes, myself yes. down then those would be the reasons but just to just to do it just to do it and right. you haven't been doing it no, because you're gonna spend money that you don't even gotta spend. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? <laughs> so it gotta be a reason, you know? Yeah. And that's why I'm I lean towards wellness use, not recreational for me. Some people is rec- they just do it just to do it. But me is it's because of what it does to my body. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like the aches and pains that I have from working out. Bro, you may pop a joint mean, a joint, hit mm-hmm. a vape, gummy, yeah. and those pains just they go away. Okay. Because of how cannabinoids engage which are already existing endocannabinoid yeah. system that many people don't even know is there yeah this is why i love research
1: <laughs> man i like this was this was good I had, to close <laughs> it. I had to close it because i learned a ton of things and i'm so proud of you first of all for like that for being well researched yeah um well first of all for just being a man of god and being right, willing so. to kind of like share that with the world and, and mm-hmm. share what god's called you to do and what god has called um and what God is calling others to do within the relationship that they can have with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank you for coming on. I have I have a fun game. I have to go get it, but I am going to close out like this particular segment, uh, Finding Your Niche for Niche with Riyadh Jones. That was like phenomenal. Um, if people want to.
2: Indulge. in brand,
1: <laughs> If they want to create, have right. peace. And what's activate, the other one? activate. Activate. Yep. How can, can they do that?
2: You can go to Holy Wellness. C-O, holywellnesscode.com. We'll ship it to your door two days, like Amazon. When people think about the brand a year from now, Mm -hmm. they're going to say this is like Amazon and Louis Vuitton of
1: cannabis. I can see that. Whoever's helping or doing the marketing. That's actually me. You're killing it because it feels like like I'm missing out.
2: Yo, here's the funny part.
1: (laughs) And I don't smoke, but it does feel like, (laughs) dang, should I start?
2: Here's the funny part. (laughs) I, it's was, really
1: elegant. It's, I, it's really. Let I me mean, just say it before you go into go it, ahead. what my interpretation has been. Uh-huh. It's very, um, uh, it's very crisp mm-hmm. and like refreshing. Yeah. And of course, orange is great. Yeah. <laughs> orange is a great color. First of uh-huh. all, for branding, um, I have a company that I'm coming out with, and I'm going with orange.
2: That's just that color. Um, hot. it's just
1: a great color. Um, yeah. but it does feel like very upper. Like you said, Louis Vuitton. It feels very mm-hmm. upper echelons. Yeah. With in the cannabis
2: space, yeah, and so because like I I value convenience, mm-hmm. but I also value like luxury and feels, yes. vibes, yes. you know. And so I wanted to create that same thing um, with the Holy Brands. Like I said, when people look at it a year from now, they're gonna like be like, "Yo, I got I get my stuff extremely fast,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it looks really good. It just feels good to have." Like you remember how like in college people would keep the alcohol bottles on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I want my brand to be like bags, that. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? I want people to be able to keep the stuff as the brand be continues to evolve. They're going to keep the packaging and mm-hmm. just keep it on their kitchen refrigerator or their kitchen counter like a status symbol. How right. people keep the Louis Vuitton shoebox. They don't throw that stuff away because mm-hmm. it, it brings so much value to them. But when I got inside of building my own brand,
1: yeah,
2: that's when I figured out how creative I was. Okay. I never knew how creative I was in terms of, marketing and putting together content and all this stuff because in the space of entrepreneurship i was i didn't have to do all that stuff Mm -hmm. it was just me building teams and leadership doing events and all this kind of stuff but when i started building out holy i was like man i need to learn how to do a lot of this stuff so i don't have to keep paying people all the time to (laughs) do stuff that i feel like i have the creativity to do and i started putting stuff together watching all these videos i'm like bro yeah this is like i like doing i'm I'm a creative mm-hmm. and I truly believe that creativity is birth from devotion with the father because a lot of the ideas that I get, concepts that I get, it comes after I've been in my word or been in my prayer closet or i been praying and showers, meditating, whatever. Yeah. And I get these ideas that just spit out to me. Even the name Holy, yeah. that wasn't me. Like I, that was so random. I'm landing from an event and I'm sleeping on an airplane and I wake up once we land, body got off the plane, and as I'm getting up out of my seat, I heard the name Holy Smokes. I was like, oh, wow. shit. And then my cameraman was with me. I just said, I looked at him, He's like, bro, why are you looking at me like that? I said, Holy Smokes. He said, that's it. <laughs> and that was it. And so, but then as wow. I as it began to evolve and it became more of a thing, yeah. I wanted to take the smokes part off of it and just it go with like, holy because it's more diverse. Like it doesn't put me in a box of yeah. what I'm trying to do. So,
1: yeah. Well, man, you've done it. Uh, you have found your niche, for sure. I found
2: my niche. <laughs> Talking about it with
1: niche. Me. Here I am. Yeah. So thank you so much <laughs> again you for so coming on. Thank you so much for
2: having me. I
1: definitely wish you.
2: And that's places. yours, by the way.
1: I and you know I'm done <laughs> we done something to wrap we I'm a creative so I'm a poet Th- that's and so why I'm I like brought it excited. I intentionally like, brought that one to create
2: for you <laughs> yep so enjoy well, thank
1: you. yeah I'll keep y'all posted on how you go <laughs> all right peace
2: lit.